The book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, and already we've had a wonderful day, great spirit uh, in the Lord's house, and certainly I uh, look forward to uh, seeing what the Lord has for us this evening. While you're turning to 2 Corinthians 9, let me just encourage you uh, to continue to be faithful, uh, continue to be uh, inviting others to church, and I'm certainly thankful for what God has done uh, with uh, from the uh, extra giving that I've already talked about, but the, then the new people in the church, and I'm just excited about how God, God's still working, God is still alive, and God's still doing a work, and uh, I believe if if we if we are serious about his business, he's going to bless his business, and so I just want to encourage you to be part, and I'm excited about what God is doing. It's exciting to me uh, to think that we're going to tear some stuff up in here. I mean, I just, I, 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 some of you are like, that's a work night I can be at, Pastor. Uh, I can tear it up, and uh, uh, but I'm excited uh, to to get the space that we need and getting everything up and running. Excited what God's doing through all of our ministries, uh, with the missions that he's enabled us to be a part of, uh, our school ministry, that uh, that aspect, and then uh, just the other ministries that we've had for so many years, and then there's uh, others that are coming, uh, and the things that the Lord is doing, that things, this world is chaotic, but God is working. Uh, God is God is certainly working, and he's working through his church, and I want us just to continue to make ourselves available. 2 Corinthians 9, and of course today, is our focus is on having a giving heart, and I trust that uh, through each and every Sunday that we've looked at this different aspect, uh, we've allowed the Lord to do a work in our heart, and if each of us allows God to do something uh, in us, uh, then uh, certainly the, the church is strengthened, and I'm looking forward to seeing what God continues to do in each and every life. Now, uh, I'm, today is the day I want you to mark down in your journal, make a note of it in your calendar. Um, I, I stopped this morning at 20 till 12. Um, I still managed to let you out after 12, but I, tonight I'm going to let you out before dark. And so uh, you just count on that before dark, and we'll let you out this evening. Second Corinthians 9, beginning with verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. These three verses are our focus this evening. Uh, verse number seven was the text verse in our Sunday school lesson today. Uh, but I want to look at this from a, a very practical matter, uh, but something that I think will be very helpful to us. In verse number seven, we see the words, so let him give. Uh, so let him give. It is a wonderful thing to be a part of what God is doing. God does not need what we have. God owns everything. But we need to be a good steward of what we have, and he's worthy of what we have, and we can receive the blessings of God. And uh, God get, allows us to be a part of his work. And so I want us to look at this text this evening and just a very simple title to the message, The Christian in Giving. Uh, the Christian in Giving. Father, help us tonight. You've already been so good to us. What a wonderful day in your house we've already uh, had and, uh, from the morning and then just the wonderful spirit tonight. And Father, as we've reflected back on what's been done in the last year and how you've enabled your people to give as they've given. And we certainly say this evening to God be the glory. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your goodness. 
And Father, may we continue with a heart uh, that is after you, a heart uh, that is willing to give of ourselves first of all, uh, give to you, give to others. And uh, Father, may you use us as a conduit uh, to be a blessing in this world, a blessing to one another. Uh, but certainly as your church moves forward in reaching this world with the gospel, uh, may we determine to have a part. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A message like to, that, that I'm going to preach tonight in a day like uh, we have today is a good reminder that uh, God wants all of us to have a part in his work. The, the, the church is an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing. Of course, Christ is the, is the cornerstone of the church. Christ is the founder of the church. He's the head of the church. And the fact that he has established a church for us to be able uh, to, uh, for many purposes, for us to be encouraged, for us to be uh, edified, built, so that we can go into this world and uh, win others to Christ, but to see, be a part of his work. And the opportunity we have to be a part of what God is doing, don't sell short the opportunities that you have. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's a wonderful thing to have a church home, a church family. There's a difference in attending church, and then in a difference from attending church and in having a church home, uh, you can attend church for a long, long time and never feel like home. And certainly uh, here at Emmanuel Baptist Church, we're blessed with a church home and a church family. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But God has designed it so that we all have a part in what He is doing. Uh, as we consider th this evening uh, our text, I want us to be reminded of uh, what is taking place in 2 Corinthians. If we were to take the time this evening to read uh, the first five verses of this chapter, chapter number 9, Paul is writing, and I'll I point out in verse number 4 very quickly, let's happily, if they of Macedonia, come with me and find you unprepared. He is compelling, he has sent uh, ministry companions to them to let them know that there is a need, uh, that the brethren have needs. Where they're going to take the gospel, there's a need to get them there. And Paul writes and says, and, and finds you. I'm, I'm writing ahead. I'm letting you know the need so that you can give so that you're not unprepared. Think about that. Isn't it amazing how we put, uh, put accountability on everybody else that we don't put on ourselves? We have a response. We know this. This church knows this. We have a responsibility to offer ourselves. We have a, a responsibility to send the gospel to other places. But we also have a responsibility, as we're reminded, to be prepared in doing the work of the Lord. Much of what we've done over the last year is to prepare so that we can do more for God. Uh, to prepare to lay the groundwork so we can do more and more and more. I want to use my life, and I trust that uh, we would continue as a church, as we have uh, 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 bonded together to press forward, and, and may the greatest days of this church even be after the Lord calls us home, if, if He tarries uh, His coming, and that new generation that would come. But we're laying the groundwork for God's church to continue to do greater greater things. I want to be prepared. As we send others around the world and support others who are going and preaching the gospel, we, we need to be prepared. How we prepare? We have to pray. You all, everyone can, can do that. You say, Pastor, I, I can't give what others can give. It's not about the amount that you give, but it's the principles that go with it. It's the heart. But I will say this. There's no limit to how much you can pray. We can pray. We should pray. We ought to participate. Participate in what the church is doing. If the church is involved in something, we've got to participate in it. 
then we ought to be, with part of that participation is also giving. We ought to be willing to give. Now, I want us to look at several truths this morning, or this evening, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, as we've looked at our text. With that as a context, as Paul is writing, you, we as a church, have a responsibility to be prepared. We need to be thinking about uh, how are we going to move forward. We need to be giving so that we can do so. Uh, in, in my Bible, my Bible study, I have uh, that phrase, and find you unprepared circled. And then in verse number 7, so let him give. We need to be prepared, so let him give. So if we need to have a preparation, we want to be reminded that uh, we need to be giving. Every Christian can give. Every Christian should give. Uh, you should give. You're not going to give of your money if you don't give of yourself. If you don't give of your heart. God's got your heart. Everything else will follow. And this is just a reminder to us tonight. I'm certainly not chastising us. I, we, we've had record year in giving. But again, it's not about the amount. It's about what God instructs us to do so that we can, sometimes we look at it, well, pastor, we got enough. There's a big world that needs to be reached with the gospel. Jacksonville's a big city to, to influence and impact with the gospel, and uh, we need to uh, be prepared, and it takes the effort of God's people. Let me give you some very practical things tonight that we know that I want us to be reminded of and so that we keep pressing in the right direction. Because I'll say this to you, it, it, as I have tried to plan, I appreciate your prayers for me, uh, dealing with multiple banks in not one county but two counties uh, in all of our different construction things, uh, it is, it is, it is, it is it's, a, it's a big response, a big thing to be a part of. But as a pastor, as I've, I've prepared and I pray and I see what, what God has done through this church, I'll say this, we are reaping the blessings of God. Uh, we live in a day when it's difficult days in our country, but yet God's people are blessed and blessed and blessed. Let me encourage you, if God's blessed you as he has in the last year, uh, don't disconnect why God's blessed. And may we continue to press forward. Let's notice very practically, number one, let me say giving is a heart matter. Uh, verse number seven, every man according as he purposes in his heart. We spent some time on this this morning in Sunday school. But I want to mention one word that goes with statement number one, giving is a heart matter. Surrender. I preach often, I'll continue to do so, on you surrendering your heart. If you've surrendered it, keeping it surrendered, surrendering your life, making your home available to God, I don't, I teach a lot on financial matters because as a church, it's our responsibility to give. Uh, it's our responsibility to pave a way in that regard. But I, I enjoy preaching and I want to preach more on surrender than I do giving because if we're surrendered, giving is going to take care of itself. And if we have issues with the matter of giving to God's work, we have a surrender issue. And we need to just get this established now. If God wants this of me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Many of you could give testimony tonight that when you first got saved, you first started getting in church, this, this was all new to you. Uh, tithing, how much, is, how much is that? And, and what does that mean? And, and giving, giving the missions and these extra things, and what do we do? And you just decided, I'm going to do it. And God has blessed you tremendously since then. But you had to surrender to that. 
When you surrender, it's not always easy, is it? There have been testimonies of our commitments a year ago of those that said, Pastor, I, I gave or I made a commitment of this amount. This is above what we've been doing. And I coincidentally got a bonus or I got a raise that equals that exact amount. What a coincidence. God is blessed. But I've also heard testimony of God uh, 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 from members saying, the day after I made that commitment, I went into work, and my hours got cut by that much. And now I didn't know how I was going to do it. The time would pass, and I'd say, I kept my commitment, and God's made a way. Uh, It's the heart. It's the surrender. You know, God knows how to push our buttons, doesn't he? He knows how we're wired because he wired us. He knows what motivates us. He knows what tests our faith. In some, he will, and he has promises of blessing. But there's some, he'll say, okay, I want to see if you mean what you said. But giving is a heart matter. As we've looked at this, not just today, but these several weeks, our heart needs to be surrendered to him. Number two, very practically, your return is directly proportional to your investment. In verse number six, we see, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now, certainly, when you consider the tithe and the 10%, as is spelled out in Scripture, you get to now in the day of the New Testament age, and, and the gospel is going forth, and Paul brings out a principle in Scripture where he says he's compelling them. We've got to be prepared. The work of God must go on. If you invest a little, your return's going to be a little. If you invest a lot, your return's going to be a lot. And it's important that you and I understand that our return is directly proportional to your investment. Sometimes we say, and this is, and this is a false teaching, this prosperity gospel. You give and you give and you give and you give. It is a guarantee that, 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 that you're going to have all of these, that you will have blessings. But usually those that are preaching that prosperity gospel, they're the ones prospering the most from it. But there is a Bible principle that if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. We know this, but it's a good thing for us to be reminded. We want a good return on our investment. Say, so how do we get that return on our investment? God blesses. There are blessings that you and I receive because we're willing to invest in the work of God. God does bless his people when they invest in his work. It is near to the heart of God. It is, it, 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 is, it is evident in the heart of God that he wants man to be saved. He wants man to at least hear a gospel message so that he can decide to put his faith and trust in Christ. It is on his heart. He will provide a way. Do you think God wants Jacksonville, Florida to be reached with the gospel? Absolutely he does. He wants God's people to be committed to do our part to invest in that. And invest in our nation. And quite frankly, uh, we are are reaping the benefits in our country of stingy Christians, of selfish Christians. We want to do something for our children and our grandchildren. Invest in the work of God. That's what will change a city. That's what will change a nation. It, it's directly proportional to our investment. 
we also must consider this practical truth. It's the reward. Does that mean I'm going to, one day I'm going to make this commitment that I'm just going to walk out and in my driveway is going to be a brand new car? It could happen, but that's not the reward I'm talking about. If that happens, they probably parked in the wrong driveway, but <laughs> you're at the wrong house. Um, the, we have such a temporal sight. We can't really see into eternity. The only glimpse we get is what God tells us in his word. But there's going to be some rewards in eternity for the investment that was made on this side of eternity. As I consider this church and the greatness and longevity of this church, there's going to be some rewards in heaven for those who, for not years but decades, faithfully taught their Sunday school class. They gave of themselves. They've invested. Those who've been involved in different aspects of ministry from sacrificing time on Saturday, getting up early on Sunday and working in the bus ministry and those that keep the nursery and those that there's going to be rewards. There's rewards of faithfulness. You think about that and Paul certainly writes about it again as he was preparing to enter into eternity to receive that crown of righteousness. You think about the rewards and the acknowledgement that we get from our faithfulness on this side, it's coming at the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful thing to receive a reward. But the meaning behind that is who's presenting it. The faithfulness from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the investment we make on this side, I, I know that as we give to the work of the Lord and you give to missions, and you're faithful in your tithing. This is a world of opportunity in the United States of America. There's a lot of things, but we're investing down here. I believe it's wise for you and I to set something aside so when the day comes when we can't work as we work, or if you retire, you just have a different boss. She just lives with you, you know. I think it's wise. But as you do your financial planning, don't forget the greatest investment in the world. And that's in the work of God. There's a reward that's going to be in heaven. You didn't realize, you, say, you know, and, and, and we, we put the emphasis and we're giving to, just as an example today, we're giving to this church. I know the missionary we support who has reached and trained this man, so therefore I feel confident, but I've, I've never met, I've never been to Togo. I've never met anybody there. But one day there's going to be people in heaven who were one to Christ. And you know whose account that's going to go to? The Emmanuel Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Florida. Each individual who, and you know what, if I've learned, I'm thankful that I saw this bear out in my life as, a, as examples that God placed in my life at growing up and as a young man. And as long as there was those who would invest in the work of God. God always made sure they had something to invest in His work. And it's a wonderful thing to have a part in 
giving of yourself, but your return is directly proportional to your investment. I touched on it this morning in Sunday school, I believe it was. Um, if, you're gonna, if you want something out of the service, put something in the service. When everybody comes in in a bad mood, guess what's in here? A bad mood. Well, I hope pastor could get us out of this. Well, a little help once in a while would be good. And likewise, if I come in here in a bad mood, then it's certainly going to affect the service. But if we come in as we have experienced, not just today, but week in and week out, and our hearts are full of joy and we're ready to see what God has for us, it makes a difference. The same is true when we put into the work of God. There is a reward. Maybe you've had this conversation with someone, maybe yourself, um, but I, from time to time, enjoy the conversation, and usually it's with another preacher. We'll comment on when the rewards are handed out in heaven, and I don't know exactly how it's going to be. Each of us can get a picture in our mind. There's going to be some people that think they're at the front, but they're not going to be at the front because your return is directly proportional to your investment. Just like sometimes we tip God with our time, we can tip God with our finances, and it's a heart that needs to be surrendered. Number three, look at verse number seven. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Anybody ever heard that before? Yeah, we've heard it all before. I want you to let it sink in just for a moment. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves all of us, doesn't he? For God so loved the world. We, we talked about that this morning in our Sunday morning service. He loved the world. There's an action behind that. He gave his son so we might have salvation. What a wonderful thing to be a part of the world that God loved to, gave his, to give his son. God loveth a cheerful giver. Inside that world, there are those who, as Paul writes and says, there's a need I'm letting you know so that you're not unprepared. The gospel must go forth. The work of God must go forth. There are needs amongst the people that must be met. It is our responsibility. And by the way, God loveth a cheerful giver. God loves us all. He blesses us all. You say, well, God, God doesn't play favors. Not when it comes to salvation, but he does when it comes to blessings. He'll save any man that needs to be saved. And by the way, let me just remind us, we've all been blessed beyond what we deserve. We live in the United States of America where we're free. We may not like some of the things that are taking place, but we've still got it better than the rest of the world. But God has been good to us as a church. He's been good to us as people. He's been good to us. He's blessed us. God's a good God. He's a benevolent God, better than we deserve. But God loves a cheerful giver. I, I wish God would show me more favor. We've all been there. God does show us favor, but I know exactly what you mean. I want to experience the blessings of God. I want to be under the favor of God. God loves a cheerful giver. Which tells me that he loves it when we freely give and not grudgingly. He loves it when we freely give and not of necessity, the pressure. 
Well, I better give because if I don't, pastor's going to. He loves it when we cheerfully give because it's an opportunity that we have. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Boy, we ought to be excited to give to the things of God. Boy, hasn't it been good seeing what God's done for us? It's directly related to exactly what I'm preaching tonight. And if we want to keep God's blessings, you know, God is, there is no human explanation for this church to be as blessed as it has been blessed. I mean, the devil has fought this church as he fights God's church. Say, so what is the correlation? Because God loveth a cheerful giver. You say, you think God has blessed this church because the people give? I think that's part of it. I think part of it, too, is not bending on what he has said and established in his word. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, it, is, it. God loveth a cheerful giver. Well, if God loves something, I want to be a part of that. Uh, we, ought to be, we ought to be excited about that, that we all have our different uh, favorites that we have. We have things about church that we love. Uh, but, you know, if we took a poll among Baptists, I wonder how many would say, but favorite time every Sunday. And that offering plate is passed. Now, it could be your second favorite time because your favorite time is when your pastor gets up to preach to you. But your second favorite time is when that offering plate is passed. Uh, a willing giver is a cheerful giver. You can also make this application. Certainly, it's talking about our financial matters so that, why is it? It's, it's, again, it's, I, I have no desire to build a cathedral. What I want is the, is, is the tools necessary to reach more people with the gospel so that our families can, can be, be strengthened and edified and our children can be taught uh, the things of God so that it, this can be, continue to be generational in the things of the Lord. Uh, but God, we need to give our life. We need to give to the work of God. A willing giver is a cheerful giver. You can tell if you're willing by how cheerful you are. And certainly this is a willing church. It's a cheerful church, but... Let the Lord apply that to your heart as necessary. Number four, last statement. This is a key principle. Key principle. Don't miss this principle. Grace makes it enough. I've had Christians say to me, Pastor, I believe you. I've seen it what God has God said. We just sat here and put on paper. There's not enough for me to give. So how do you explain how it's going to be enough? Because grace makes it enough. Pastor, you can't eat grace for dinner. Pastor, grace don't pay the bills. It actually does. Verse number 8, and God is able... Okay, we could put an exclamation point right there and call it a night. But I still got some daylight, and so we're going to go a little bit further. When it comes to the matter of, uh, of providing for his work many times and taking care of his children, we act like God is feeble instead of God being able. God is able. Who are we depending on? I hope you're not depending on your employer more than you're depending on God or de depending on the, the markets of the day more than you're depending on God. God is able to make all grace 
abound. Now, if it just said make all grace abound, this would be a good enough principle for you and I to hang on to. This would be a good enough promise for you and I to stand on. But it doesn't just say he's able to make all grace abound. The Bible says that God is able to make all grace abound toward you. It's a wonderful thing to talk about God's grace, is it not? But it's wonderful to talk about God's grace in my life. It's wonderful to talk about the grace that God has bestowed upon me personally. And when it comes to what we see in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, Paul reminds these Christians that God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That's wonderful, Pastor, but what does that do for me? That ye, always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. This is a world that is fascinated with the supernatural. From superheroes to sorcery. By the way, none of that's real. I hate to break it to you. You used to be afraid to talk about Santa Claus, but now it's like, you know, Captain America, he's not really a thing. Um, they're fascinated. Two people just bowed their head like this. Fascinated with the supernatural, but let me tell you, I have a supernatural God who he has promised me that he'll make it sufficient enough in all things. My finances will be enough. My health will be enough. My opportunities will be enough. It may not be what I think they need to be. It may not be what I want them to be, but God says, I'll make it enough. How is that? He points his grace at his church. He points his grace at you and I, and I will put my work in motion so that you have sufficiency in all things. Grace makes it enough. Abound toward you. That abound is a good word too. It's springing. That abound toward you having all sufficiency in all things. Have enough. Our God is a good God. And he's able. He's able. I thought about having a couple of people tonight give a testimony of how these principles have played out in their life, but quite frankly, I couldn't narrow the list down to call on others to give and just give testimony of God's goodness. Because this church is an example of many things and certainly one that I'm preaching on tonight. But I want to accomplish two purposes with this message. First of all, if you have not yet mastered or you have not yet submitted to this matter of giving to the work of the Lord, I'm giving you some, some, some admonition tonight. God's work needs it. We can support. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a shame that the average Christian statistically gives, buys, buys more, spends more on dog food than it does give into world missions. Think about that. And then we want to complain. Well, we just need more missionaries. More people will go. <clears throat> I tell you, if more people would give, I think God would call more people to go. I think we could get people there faster. We could keep them on the field. I want us to see the importance of, as Paul writes, 
He said, less happily if they have Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared. We need to be prepared to be a part. We, we, we have, so, so everybody can be a part of this. I want everybody to be a part of this. But the second thing I want to do is just simply remind us. God's going to take care of us. I know who the president and vice president is. I know the, I'm thankful I don't know all of it because I don't think I can handle it, but I'm thankful I know that there's enough corruption in Congress. But you know, as a student of history, that's been there for a couple hundred years. And I know that all you got to do is <clears throat> turn on the news and they'll tell you how bad it is and turn on talk radio and, you know, the, the world's coming to an end tomorrow. I know that you read this statistically, the, the, the inflation, all those things. I know those are real things that we feel. But I know I have a God who is able. And there's examples all through Scripture of when literally there's famine in the land and God's people, it's green. God's people, there's a harvest. God's people, it's raining. God's people have what they need because I have a God who is able to make all grace abound toward you. I've heard it said, and it's certainly not true. And Pastor, I, I just, I, I'm not going to give towards that because it's taking away from my children. You've got it backwards. You're taking away from your children if you don't put God first. You're taking away from your home if you don't put God first. Oh, we want to see things change in our world and in our city and our country and, and in this world that we have got to do it. We've got to be prepared for it. Are you prepared for the end of the world? Are you prepared for this? Are you prepared for this? Are you prepared for this? Well, one way to be prepared for what God has planned is for God's people to be willing to give to God's work. Because if Christ's return is imminent, and it is, well, God's church needs to be heavenly minded more than it is earthly minded. It's time for us to be reminded we got to be committed. When God allows a need to be brought up across our path, it's our responsibility to meet it. Just a, just a reminder tonight, the Christian in giving. The Christian in giving. I, on a weekly basis, am updated on our finances, the giving, the offering. But I can say this as sure as I'm standing there. I don't know what anybody here gives. But when I see the results of the giving and knowing what the commitments are, I know this, people give. I, I bring that up to say it is a I'm more interested in you with your heart towards God. Because that's what is important. Because if God has your heart, he'll have everything else. There's a great opportunity ahead of us. Let's be prepared. Let's pray. We've, we've done, and I want to remind us of this, we've done our part in the giving. You've done well in keeping your commitment. To God be the glory. But we ought to continue to pray for God to keep the doors open. I tell you, I have a lot of names on my prayer list, and at the top of my prayer list is my family. But over the next 
two to three months right under them are the names of my contractor, the names of those in the building department, the names of the architects, the name of the civil engineer, because I want everything to keep moving forward. I want God to continue to do what God would do. Let's have a part. Heaven's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Well, I hope we enjoy it. While, oh, it's eternity. We are going to be reunited with our loved ones, those who we knew in the Lord and they've gone on ahead of us. It's going to be a reunion. But it's also going to be a get acquainted time with the saints. And I believe there is going to be a recognition and a realization that can we will know and they will know that it's our life that we invested that the gospel got to them. I believe that we'll know each other in heaven. I believe that we will recognize each other in heaven as part of the same church. There's going to be some saints in heaven, and I don't know exactly how it's going to take place. I believe it's more, more real than this is. So when we were, before we were in heaven, where'd you go to church? Oh, I went to the Emmanuel Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Well, I went to the Emmanuel Baptist Church of Togo, West Africa. Think about that. The others could be in heaven because I decided to, I have a little bit of extra money in my pocket that I could give to missions. What a wonderful thought. What a wonderful reality. I believe that the Emmanuel Baptist Church is having an impact on this area in this city. God could be be withholding his hand of judgment because of a holy, righteous people. But I believe as people get saved, and I believe the future is going to have a greater impact on this city. We've got to be prepared for it. Let's give of ourselves, give of our heart. If we're not careful, we let things creep into our heart, we creep into our life, and it begins to choke out the things that want to have the priority. So let's be encouraged to continue to press forward, be encouraged by what God is doing, when you get a little bit discouraged, just think about, my God is able. And that grace, we've all said this, oh, I didn't know this was coming, but I got it just in time. You know, it's, it's, not, the, it's not the mail, it's not the United States Post Office holding it back and saying, okay, I know exactly when. Am I, am I right, Ivan? They don't even know where it's at. You know, it just, it's just, sometimes I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know what's going on. It's pretty bad when he says, if you ship that, don't ship it through the post office. You know, that's, I don't know what that says, but um, you know what that is? It's God and his grace. Uh, it's a balance towards us. Father, we certainly come to you tonight thankful and grateful.